HeyYA Extra Credit. Every other week, opposite the main HeyYA podcast, we'll bring you a short-form podcast of YA talk across a wide range of topics. I'm Tirza Price, and I'm recording on June 24th. I had planned today on talking about the new adaptation of The Summer I Turned Pretty by Jenny Han. However, it is Friday, June 24th, and I have found out that um, the Supreme Court has struck down Roe versus Wade. Um, so obviously, I am feeling a lot of feelings about that, as I imagine that many listeners are. And I thought that instead of The Summer I Turned Pretty, which I'll do at some point later here in the summer, I'm going to talk a bit about YA books that cover um, reproductive rights and justice. So that's what we're getting today. But we're going to dive into that after we hear from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Harper Horizon, publisher of Walk, Ride, Paddle. Walk, Ride, Paddle is a captivating memoir of Senator Tim Kaine's physical journey through the Virginia wilderness, but it is also a unique and ultimately optimistic perspective on these pivotal moments in history, offering inspiration, wisdom, and hope. With immediacy and honesty, Kane pulls back the curtain to reveal his inner thoughts during such monumental times. And Kane's storytelling gift and wise observations offer a fascinating glimpse into the mind of a seasoned politician and outdoor enthusiast. Walk, Ride, Paddle is available everywhere audiobooks are sold on April 9th. It is narrated and written by Tim Kaine, Virginia senator and former Democratic vice presidential candidate. It's a compelling account of one man's journey across hundreds of miles of Virginia wilderness and a moving testament to the optimistic spirit of America. So make sure to check out Walk, Ride, Paddle by Tim Kaine. And thanks again to Harper Horizon, publisher of Walk, Ride, Paddle, for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Flatiron Books, publisher of The Familiar by Lee Bardugo. This is one I'm actually super excited about. I liked Lee Bardugo's other adult fantasy books, and so I'm really looking forward to this one. It's set in the Spanish Golden Age during a time of high stakes political intrigue and glittering wealth. It follows Luzia, a servant in the household of an impoverished Spanish nobleman who reveals a talent for little miracles. Her social climbing mistress demands Luzia use her gifts to win over Madrid's most powerful players, but what begins as simple amusement takes a dangerous turn. Luzia will need to use every bit of her wit and will to survive, even the help of Guillén Santangel, an immortal familiar whose own secrets could prove deadly for them both. So The Familiar by Lee Bardugo is on sale now. And like I said, it's a must read of the season. It's perfect for anyone who loves history, a little bit of magic, a lot of danger. You can get your copy now at LeeBardugoTheFamiliar.com. And thanks again to Flatiron Books, publisher of The Familiar by Lee Bardugo for sponsoring this episode. All right. So, um, yeah, feeling a lot of feelings today. And most of them are anger. Um, Not necessarily shock, but lots and lots of anger and betrayal. Um, So I know that there's a lot of good resources being um, circulated across the internet about ways that we can fight against this and, and just try to make our voices heard. I'm not going to focus on that because this is a YA podcast. So instead, I'm going to talk about three books that I think are really great, important reads, but now more so than ever. So the first book is Unpregnant by Jenny Hendricks and Ted Kaplan. And this one might sound familiar to you because an HBO Max movie um, adaptation of this 
book was released, um, let's see, was it in 2020, I think? Um, it's a really funny novel about abortion, which is not something that you would expect me to say. And the movie was actually really excellent. So it is about a girl named Veronica who is living in Missouri. Um, she finds herself unexpectedly pregnant, just on the cusp of going off to college. And she is just short of 18. So unfortunately for her, due to Missouri State um, Legislature, um, she cannot obtain an abortion without parental consent in the state of Missouri. And the only other place that she can get an abortion, or should I say the nearest place for her to get an abortion without her conservative parents finding out, is in Albuquerque, New Mexico, which is quite a drive from where she is in Missouri. And she doesn't have a car. And also the boyfriend that she thought she loved, who knocked her up, um, he did it on purpose because he's not a nice person. So she's not going to ask him for help because he's excited that she's pregnant because he thinks that it means that she won't go off to college and leave him. So real winner, this guy. Um, Veronica decides that the only person that she could possibly trust in the situation is her ex-best friend, Bailey, whom she sort of kind of dropped a few years earlier. And Bailey actually has her own car. And she is also, you know, might just be like the one person who Veronica knows who might be down for this type of road trip. So Veronica goes to Bailey, um, makes her a deal she can't refuse. The two definitely haven't made up. They're not friends anymore. But they agree to go to Albuquerque. And what ensues is a very wild and chaotic road trip novel all about getting to Albuquerque in time for Veronica's appointment. It is really, you know, funny, um, but it's also really heartbreaking because, of course, they can't spend this much time in the car together without confronting, you know, what actually led Veronica and Bailey to, like, go their separate ways. Why did Veronica sort of dump Bailey as a friend. And Veronica is also reckoning with like all of the choices that she has made since then and really just deciding like, hey, am I living my life the way I want um, to be living my life? And for her getting this abortion and taking control of her own body and her own autonomy is also a part of that step because she's um, you know, not going to let herself be controlled by her boyfriend. And she is going to go to college. Um, but she also has to face what happened between her and Bailey. So I really liked the book. I think the book does some things really well that the movie doesn't quite nail. However, the movie also does some really good things that the book doesn't do. So they're both actually just different enough that I think they're really worth watching. But they both have a fantastic moment um, in which Veronica screams into, you know, this desolate desert landscape, all of her frustrations at the situation. And, you know, that might be cathartic for a lot of us right now. So my next pick is Aftercare Instructions by Bonnie Pipkin. And it is the story of Genesis. Um, she finds herself with an unwanted pregnancy and um, she is with her boyfriend, Peter. She sort of thinks that like maybe their relationship is kind of solid. Um, but when they go to the clinic um, so that Genesis can have an abortion, 
Uh, she, you know, she goes back into the room to get the procedure done and she leaves him in the waiting room. And when she comes out, he isn't there. He abandoned her. And, um, you know, you need somebody to take you home after this procedure. You need somebody to take care of you. And so the book is largely set in over the course of like the immediate, um, aftermath of her abortion and it's kind of interspliced with these flashbacks as to like what led them to this moment but as genesis is recovering from her operation she's also really starting to think about you know whether or not this relationship is good for them and also she's remembering all of her own dreams and her desires and things that are outside of her relationship with peter and it's making her reevaluate what she wants going forward. Um, so I have to give this book a lot of props because um, there's a lot of misinformation that floats around about what an abortion entails. And I know that a lot of people can be really scared when they're facing the possibility of this type of procedure. And so what this book does is it actually is very frank about what this procedure looks like from beginning to end. But also it looks at the immediate, the aftermath, like the aftercare instructions. So how do you feel afterwards? And I think that this is just a really great testament of you know, why we need this choice and how it can be liberating and it can be heartbreaking, but it's really important that people continue to have this choice for themselves. So that is Aftercare Instructions by Bonnie Pipkin. And I do believe that that book has been optioned um, for some kind of like film or TV. Um, I don't think anything's happened with it recently, but I think it's been optioned. Uh, my last pick is historical novel. It's called Girls Like Us by Randy Pink. Um, and it is set in the summer of 1972, 50 years ago. And it is also known as, you know, the year before Roe versus Wade happened and, and before that ruling came down. And it follows four different teenage girls um, from all over the country, from like the rural South to more urban areas. They are all grappling with like the realities and the fallouts of unplanned pregnancy. And um, they all have very different life situations. Um, some are rich, some are poor, some are black, some are white. And what this book really does is it digs into not only the historical perspective of all of the massive movement and organization that went into pushing Roe v. Wade to being heard before the Supreme Court, um, but also like the social inequities when it comes to abortion access, um, because let's be real, it may be overturned today, but rich people will always have access to abortions. Um, this is really, you know, the poor people, people of color, people who don't have the, you know, access to resources. And they are the ones that are going to suffer um, for not having abortion access. So this is a novel that kind of looks at that in a historical perspective, um, which I think is really, really important because 
we can't understand where we are right now if we don't know our history. Um, and if you're not feeling like you can dig into a historical novel at this moment or historical like nonfiction heavy text at this moment, then a historical novel might be a good pick for you. So that's Girls Like Us by Randy Pink. That's really all I have for you today. I'm keeping it kind of short. I just hope that no matter where you are, no matter what's going on, you're taking care of yourself. And I hope that you find at least some good escapism in books if life is hard for you right now. So thank you to today's sponsor for making the show possible. You can follow me on social media. I hang out at Twitter and Instagram at, at Tears of Price. And thank you to Jen Zing, our audio editor, for making Heiwei sound great. Uh, Erica and I will see you again next week for the main podcast. We are going to be talking about our favorite YA books of 2022 thus far. So until then, happy reading. <laughs>